Cebu Shibanaska has been traveling around the world since 2005. For the last three years, she's adopted a digital nomad lifestyle, and Cebu creates travel content encouraging others to go out and see the world. Her interest in cultural immersion and human rights has recently led her to co-found the travel agency, The Hybrid Tours, and you could check them out over at thehybridtours.com. In this episode, Cebu breaks down how to take advantage of free travel opportunities, what to look out for, and how these opportunities can lead to professional and also personal development. Now, in the episode, Cebu mentions very briefly how going to college abroad is often less expensive. So I recommend listening to episode 81 next for why students are opting to attend college overseas, the most popular countries for Americans to attend university, and we cover a lot more in episode 81. So that's a really good episode, again, if you're looking at opportunities to go to college abroad. Now, before we jump in, I have a brand new travel guide up on our website for you to check out. I've been traveling, y'all, and I'm excited to share with you where I've been heading to. Set in a picturesque and historic mountain town in southwestern Vermont, let me introduce you to Manchester, Vermont. Manchester is an all-year-round destination with something for all ages and interests. Leaf peeping, apple picking, cider donuts in the fall, hiking, golfing, and outdoor adventure parks in the warmer months, skiing, snowshoeing, and snow tubing in the winter are just some of the activities Manchester is known for. In my Manchester travel guide, I share my favorite restaurants, where to stay, and things to do, like visiting Hildeen, the Lincoln family home, off-roading, and a really cool pinball museum. Get the inside scoop for planning your epic adventure by visiting our blog at thoughtcard.com slash Manchester. The link will also be in the show notes. A special thank you to the Manchester Business Association for partnering with me to share why Manchester, Vermont should be added to our travel wish list. And with that, welcome back, Financial Savvy Travelers, to another episode of the Thought Card Podcast. I'm Danielle Desire Corbett, a Financially Savvy Traveler. I believe that affording travel is just as important as building wealth. And I am super excited that you are here joining me for another one. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, well, I hope this becomes your favorite travel podcast very soon. And I encourage you to get updates from us every Thursday when we upload new episodes by hitting that follow button. So make sure you follow us to stay in the note. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. My name is Siba Shimanovska, and you can find me under the handle Go Global with Cebu, S-I-B-U. 
Cebu, you left home when you were 17. And you've been traveling around the world since 2005. What are some of the ways that you've afforded to keep traveling for so long? You're coming up on 20 years, like very, very, very soon, which is very impressive. So let us know, what are your secrets for keeping this up, affording this lifestyle? I know time flies. It's crazy, right? 18 years this year. I think the first thing would be to be open-minded. So here's the thing. I have two degrees, multiple certificates, and I speak five languages, and I have no problem going into a bar and getting a job as a dishwasher, as a tour guide. I've tested apps. I've worked as a copywriter. I'm open to possibilities all around the world. And I think that's really important. If we're dead set on finding something that's completely suitable to our career or our specific career path or what we want, I think those are people who are in very, very privileged positions to be able to do so. Would I be able to do that too? I definitely think so, but it would take longer. And I do not have the financial means to be sitting around waiting to get the ideal job. So I'll I'll hustle. That's my thing. And I think up to now, I've probably had more than 25 different jobs, which I've listed under my social media because people ask me very often, how do you afford this? And my answer is you learn how to look for all kinds of different opportunities. I've been talking to more budget travelers and I definitely feel like there's a distinction between budget and financially savvy travel. I feel like financially savvy travel is definitely on the more affordable luxury side of things. And I know with this type of travel, personally, I'd be like, I don't necessarily want to be a bar back. You know, I will spend the year saving up for that like once in a lifetime trip, right? But what I admire about budget travelers is this like can-do attitude, this scrappiness, this like, I am going to figure things out to make it. In your story, you started at 17, which is like quite young for folks. I think I would only go on vacation with my mom or my family at 17. So like what inspired you at such a young age to be like, I'm leaving home, I'm going to do this and like keep doing this for so long. Like now that you're in your 30s, like you're still doing this lifestyle. So what happened at 17 that really spurred you to take this on? What happened at 17 is that I couldn't afford to go to college. I graduated when I was 17 and I physically could not afford to go to college. So I was looking at different opportunities places where I could go. I didn't know back then. And of course, it was 2005. There wasn't enough information online for me to find out that I could have studied for free in multiple countries around Europe. That is something you can do now if you're listening to this. But I didn't know that back then. And my father had connections in China. And turns out that studying in China was actually pretty affordable. So back then, it was around $3,000 per year for the whole year. And we're talking about a degree that is internationally recognized. I have a bachelor's degree from China. Not once have I ever been questioned or doubted. My degree is valid everywhere around the world. So that's where I got my degree. And I had my father help me out a little bit at the beginning. But within that first year, he couldn't afford to help me out anymore, which was crazy to me because I went all the way out to China as a 17-year-old on my own thinking that everything was going to be fine. And it wasn't. It was fine. I had to go out of my way to see how I could survive because I just didn't want to go back. 
And so within three months of me moving to China, I picked up Chinese very quickly. So I was already conversational in Mandarin. And so I started working as an interpreter and I also started teaching English on the side. So those were my first jobs officially as a 17 year old. Wow. That's incredible. Also in my personal story, I felt like not being able to afford certain things really pushed me to think outside the box, be creative, be scrappy. So I admire that so much. And I also want to quickly mention that we do have an episode, episode 81, all about going to college in Europe. And Cebu, like you mentioned, like Europe is way more affordable than United States and other areas in the world. So I will definitely link that in the show notes for anyone who's interested in learning more about going to Europe and going to college. So you've been to eight countries so far, taking advantage of free travel opportunities. And this to me is a whole new world that I wish I knew about when I was younger. But tell us about that first time when you discovered free travel opportunities. Like what about these type of opportunities caught your attention? Did you apply right away? Like what happened? Just give us all the details about that first free travel opportunity. That's a really good question. So I've been to dozen of countries on my own dime, but it took me years to realize that there were actual organizations and companies out there that are willing to fund trips for people so they can grow, whether it's on a personal or professional level or even on a cultural level. And I kept thinking to myself, like, that is not possible. Why would anybody do that? But there are companies out there that do it. And so I found out about this in my late 20s, because a woman kept going on trips, and I kept asking her about it, and she wouldn't tell me why. So she was practically gatekeeping the whole thing. And I just started stalking her on Facebook to see what she was doing. And I eventually found some of the links and things that she was doing. Took me about a year to get it right. So my first paid travel opportunity was the year I turned 30. And I always thought that it was something that needed to be done while I was a student or maybe under the age of 23 or 25. So for me to be able to get my first travel opportunity the year I turned 30, that was pretty incredible. And this was a one-year opportunity where I would be flown to different places around Europe simply because I had an interest in human rights. Now, if you're listening to this, you do not need to have an interest in human rights. I've seen travel opportunities for people who are in love with Japanese culture. You've never been to Japan. You want to go to Japan, you can do that. I've also seen some for Russia, South Korea. I once went to Russia simply because I volunteered in the past. So if you had volunteered at your local animal shelter, you could apply for this opportunity and they would fly you out to Russia for a week. What else? I've seen photography, artists, people who have studied marketing, people who are 18 years old and have no working or college experience whatsoever. There's opportunities for everybody. It's all a matter of simply going into Google and start looking for these things. And the ones... I found opportunities from the ages of 18 up till 40. I haven't found anything above the age of 40 so far. And that's a pretty good age range, to be honest, because we normally think that all of these opportunities, scholarships, etc., they're all limited to a younger crowd, and they're not. Like I recently shared one on my page where they're funding a one-week trip to Rwanda, and the age limit's 35. I already applied. 
Like, there's nothing stopping me. If I know that I fulfill the requirements, I don't see why not. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity to connect with other people, to grow, get exposed to different cultures. And it looks great on your CV or portfolio or whatever you have, or even as a conversation starter. You know, it's incredible how many free opportunities there are out there. And I'm not just talking about scholarships, because we normally assume that a scholarship or free travel opportunity is something where you need to go abroad for an extended period of time. I've even seen opportunities that are three or four days long. So there is no reason why anybody who's listening to this shouldn't apply for them. You know, there's like so many things you covered and we're definitely going to be talking about how to find like the tacticals of like how to find these opportunities. But two things that really stood out to me is the gatekeeping aspect. I know that on your Instagram page, you are what seems like an open book because you share how you're living this lifestyle, how you're affording this lifestyle. So how has gatekeeping impacted your life? And does that play a factor in the work that you do now in the travel space, especially like on your Instagram page and on your blog? It definitely does. And unfortunately, I've come across a lot of gatekeeping in my life, whether it's through jobs, travel opportunities. People can be selfish sometimes, unfortunately. And I think I promised myself that if I ever found out about anything that I would share it with others, I feel like we need to lift each other up. And that's something that I constantly do in my close circle of friends. And they do it with me too. If they see something that might interest me, they'll just send me the link and they know exactly what kind of stuff I'm looking for. And I'll do the same thing with them. And I realized that this didn't have to be limited to my close circle of friends. Like, And so I just started sharing about these opportunities on social media. And when it came to the traveling, same thing. I first started posting about my personal travels. And then slowly my page started going from like some sort of Instagram travel diary to what it is today. And I feel like if I've been able to do this for so long, other people can definitely do it too. I understand that I have privilege. I have passport privilege. I don't have any debt. I don't have a family to take care of. I'm able-bodied. So all of this comes into place. But if there is nothing stopping you from doing this, then there is no reason why you shouldn't just go out there and look for these opportunities too. Yes, absolutely. So, okay, that was part one, which of the questions I wanted to like circle, circle back on. And then now part two of the question is, I want to talk about the most common free travel opportunities that you find out there. And if we had to put them into groups, what would they be? So there are a couple that I know of the top of my head. So let's go through each of them and just share with us like a snippet of like what those are. So we can kind of are aware that, again, these opportunities aren't just one type. There's many types. So on the list here, we have cultural immersion trips. We have youth conferences. We have scholarships. We have volunteer gigs. So walk us through these major types. And if there's anything that we miss on this list, let us know as well. Okay, wonderful. So the first one and the most obvious one and the one that I think everybody knows about are scholarships. You do not need to pay to study. And I know this is hard to believe, but you can literally study abroad and they'll cover all of your expenses, whether it's a bachelor or a master's degree. And in a lot of cases, no, you do not need to learn the local language. So you could definitely be going off to Germany 
to get a master's degree for one or two years where they'll cover every single one of your expenses. And the best part about, for example, Germany, because I lived in Germany and I know this, once you're a student, you're eligible to work up to 19 hours per week. So you could be studying, having all of your expenses covered. And then on top of that, you have the ability to work for 19 hours. Okay. How about cultural immersion trips? What are those? Cultural immersion trips are trips that are funded by, I would say, relatively wealthy countries that want you to experience a little bit more about the culture. So I've mentioned South Korea, Japan, before the war, Russia. And like I said, I've been to one in Russia many years ago. I've seen some in some Gulf countries and sometimes even in the U.S. and in some countries of Europe, too. So... Some of them might require you to have some knowledge of the language, some prior knowledge of the language, but others don't. So the one that I mentioned to Japan, for example, you did not need to have. Even if you're not too knowledgeable about the specific area or place that you're applying to, go ahead, look it up, prepare yourself just like you would for a job interview. Another one that is not commonly spoken about are language opportunities. So I'm obsessed with languages. I speak five and I need to pick up more. Like I just want to keep collecting them. And that's what I'm planning to do throughout my life. And I wish I'd known about language opportunities before because then I wouldn't have had to pay to move to a country to learn the language. I know Taiwan has them. China has them. Russia, again, back in the day. There's some for Arabic too. There's German. There's French, depending on where you come from. So I want to learn Arabic next, and I know for a fact that I can go learn Arabic in a Gulf country up to the age of 40. So I know that at some point before I turn 40, I'm going to move to a Gulf country and learn Arabic. And I think the program is six months, all expenses paid for, simply because I want to. I speak Mandarin. I know that I can brush up on my Mandarin, so I'm going to take advantage of an opportunity in Taiwan because I haven't lived in Taiwan yet. So I'll go move there. I think they're six months to a year all expenses covered, and you'll go and study Mandarin. And I do have a certain level of Mandarin, but again, it really depends. So for some, you could be starting from scratch where you don't even know how to say ni hao. Incredible. So, so incredible. And then I know that there are also youth conferences. So what are youth conferences? Those are, I would say, besides the scholarships, the most common ones. So, and funnily enough, for a lot of these organizations, youth counts up to the age of 40, which is crazy to think. They think you're still young at heart at 40. So there was one that I went to in Switzerland. I don't want to give this example because I know examples are a good way to show people what it's like. There was one in Switzerland that I went to and they had different programs. The program I applied to was up to the age of 30, but there was another program going on and it was a two-week program in Switzerland. Absolutely stunning. One of the most beautiful places I've been to. There was one program for people up to the age of 40s where you could go and be part of a community and then work half of the time that you were in this specific place up to the age of 40. So, and it was a month in Switzerland. And depending on your country of origin, they would pay for your flight or they would not. But even if they don't, we all know how expensive a month in Switzerland can be, especially with all expenses covered. That place looked like a freaking palace and it was it was stunning. And the community that you built there was insane because you were up in the mountains somewhere in Switzerland and you had nowhere to go, but you didn't need to go anywhere. I mean, yes, you could go down to the lake for a swim or you could go out for hikes, no alcohol allowed. It was a whole different world, something that I've never been part of before. And that's just one example of 
uh, youth conference. So youth conference are mostly funded by either nonprofits or companies that are looking to give money away for tax purposes. And so they will create a program that benefits youth in which people get together. They go to different workshops. I guess you could say it's not so much of a conference. I guess it's more like different workshops where people get together. Maybe they get assigned a topic and they have to come up with a solution for the topic at the end of the week. So it's just like developing your professional skills as well as your personal skills because you're building up on your intercultural skills, your soft skills. And I think it's a great opportunity. And those are the ones that I've specifically used on my CV and on my portfolio, for example. So let's talk a little bit more about that CV portion, right? Like how can folks translate these travel experiences, enriching travel experience to actually putting this down as experience on paper that can help you land your next job? Any thoughts on that? Yes. So I think it's important to think about what you want to gain out of the conference. So for example, if it's a conference that's only going to help you from a cultural perspective, like the Japanese one that we spoke about, maybe that one will not necessarily be relevant unless you're doing maybe business with Japanese companies. And I think that'd be a great way to leverage that. Just like whenever you're applying for a scholarship and you're writing your application, okay, I won this grant, I won this prize, how many people applied for it. So you know exactly how many people you were competing against. So I think it's important to highlight that and to highlight that you were chosen out of, I don't know how many people. And while you were there, you interacted with people from 50 plus countries, you gave presentations, you worked on this, this and that topic. And I think those are all things that you can definitely highlight in your CV or like I said, in your portfolio. And if it's something so by now, I only apply for scholarships that or opportunities that I think are relevant to my career. Or I feel like at this point, if I wanted to travel, I can just pay for my own trips. I want to get something out of it. It's not just a free trip for me. I really want to get something out of it. So for me, I have a wide range of interests. So I make sure that I apply for opportunities within that range of interests so that I can continue. In this case, networking. Networking has been huge for me with these opportunities. And I like to think that I grew up in a very diverse environment, but now it's insane. I really, truly know people from all around the world. And it's not just on a LinkedIn basis. You connect with them. You know, you follow each other on Instagram and then you stay in touch. And then potentially you could go and see them, stay with their family. I've actually done that a few times where I've traveled and stayed with people and their families and they've shown me around. So it's building bridges in a way. That's the beauty of participating in these conferences. And it really breaks down stereotypes and walls that we have created and i truly don't blame us for creating these walls i think a lot of it has to do with stereotypes media and the kind of environment that we grew up in but that's why i think these travel opportunities or just travel in general that's why i'm always emphasizing how important it is to travel and to get out of your comfort zone to realize how similar we are and how much we have to offer to each other And that's really what I wanted to highlight is that, you know, when I was preparing for this conversation, it was just the aspect of just traveling for free, right? But I love that you're highlighting, no, there's like 
tangible benefits outside of personal. There's also professional development opportunities. You can list these opportunities on your resume. You are chosen out of like hundreds or thousands of people, right? So the networking, all of these things I feel like are enriching for us, not only as people, but also as professionals. So just to give us a recap of the common types of free travel opportunities, we have culture immersion trips, we have youth conferences, we have language opportunities, scholarships. Now, I'm sure there are people who are listening who are kind of like naysayers and they're like, "Uh, what's the catch here? Like, what's the catch? So if there was a catch or if there's things for us to be on the lookout for, for these different types of free travel opportunities, what would those be? So the catch, the first thing I would tell you to look out for, please, unless it's an organization that's 100% reputable, do not pay. Sometimes they'll ask you to pay for an application fee or something like that. Do not pay. And other times they will say, okay, you have to pay a fee after you've been accepted. I've done that. I've only done that once and it was for a certain opportunity, but that's because I did my research and I could see years and years going back of footage of the website and everything else. But again, that is the exception. You do not have to pay because a lot of these organizations, if they're not clear about the dates, if they're not clear about what you'll be doing, step away and look elsewhere. Because a lot of them, when they're not very specific about what you're doing, and then they're like, oh, pay, then that's when you should be looking out for for scams. Again, just like jobs, there are job scams everywhere. You know, there's MLM, there's all these different things out there, just like you would whenever you're going to buy a product, for example, for the first time, just be on the lookout, make sure you read, you ask around, you look at their website. Unfortunately, a lot of these do not have a lot of funding. So sometimes their websites are absolutely horrible, but then you just got to go on social media and see what kind of information they have online. But again, if you have to pay, I would highly suggest against it. And then the catch. Is there a catch? Honestly, I know it sounds crazy. Like, why would anybody pay me to go halfway around the world so I can build up on my professional skills? Like, what do they care about me? Because what they want you is to make an impact wherever it is you're going back to. Sometimes that means that you might have to potentially create a project and deliver it back home that might be in the shape of a a workshop, a session, a Zoom call, a group chat. It depends on what you want to do. Not all of them require you to do something or to deliver something. And if you do end up delivering something, then great. You will continue to remain part of their network. You'll become an alumni and potentially you could be invited back. So I went to Azerbaijan with this organization and it's probably the one organization that I've been in touch with the most because they do really, really good work. And so what they wanted us to do was go to Azerbaijan. And then when we returned, we had to deliver two different projects. So what I did, I just delivered workshops in high schools about a topic that was relevant to the youth conference that I was in. And then two years later, they invited me and they flew me out to Italy for another conference because I delivered my projects. And they wanted me to continue being involved because I was already part of their alumni network because I delivered the project. There are many people who didn't deliver the project. So it's entirely up to you don't forget that sometimes you might be signing a work contract you know so they might be like okay hey you need to deliver these projects i've never only once the first opportunity that i ever got granted it specifically said that i had to deliver 
the project. And if I didn't, then I would have to reimburse them for 30% of the money that they invested in me, which is completely reasonable. But then again, they're also very, very understanding. I remember one person got really sick and she wasn't able to deliver the project. So don't come up with excuses not to deliver the project. If you're going to be applying for one that specifically says you need to deliver something or you need to do something back home or you need to give back to your community in one way or another, please do so. I mean, you're gaining so much from the experience. It's the least that you can do. It sounds like reading through the application, if there's any paperwork to sign, to read through those as well to make sure you understand what's required of you, what the organization is going to provide is very, very important. So I know we have to wrap up very soon, but I have a couple of more burning questions, like two in particular. So the first question is like, how to find these free travel opportunities. I know you mentioned Google, but do you have any tips on like just making this easy for us? And like, what do we actually type into Google so that we can find what we're looking for? I would probably, and I know this sounds crazy, we call it travel opportunities because there's no proper word for it really in any language, I'd say. But I would probably start with scholarships. I would start with the word scholarship and just go from there. Scholarships for, depending on the place that you're from, if you're looking for something specific, for example, I, if you're an artist, whether it's a painter, a DJ, a musician, you know, because those are types of art too, I think it's really difficult for you to get any kind of attention or for you to network because if you're an artist, unfortunately, you're not taken seriously, even though we need art in our lives. So if you're a photographer, for example, I would start looking into scholarships for photographers and just take it from there. Off the top of my head, I recently talked about Unleash. It's one of the biggest ones in the world. For December, they're currently sponsoring a one-week trip to Rwanda. And the only requirement is for you to be between the ages of 1835, speak English at an intermediate level. And most importantly, be interested in giving back to your community. Even if you're not currently giving back to your community, you can talk about ways in which you would like to give back to your community. If you have volunteered, if there's anything you've done, you can definitely highlight those in your application. Something that I'd like to say is that we sometimes think that you need to be, you know, a model citizen or, I don't know, be Princess Diane or something along those lines. You know, it doesn't work that way at all. How do you stand out from the crowd? What are your leadership skills? What have you done differently from other people? I think those are really important things that should be taken into account. So I spoke about Unleash, one that's extremely popular. And I think this one is up to the age of 40, is the World Youth Forum. And it's in Egypt every year huge conference for people to network and then just build on so you'll be attending different workshops i got invited to that one and this is the only time in my life this has ever happened to me i got invited to that one last year i was on my way to the airport it was a four-hour bus ride and i realized i didn't have my passport on me never ever has this ever happened to me i was in my 30 something years of travel and this has never happened to me i was furious with myself of course i couldn't make it so but the um, World Youth Forum, the one in Switzerland I spoke about, that's called CAW. They're operating, but they haven't done workshops since the pandemic started. That's spelled C-A-U-X. So there's a bunch of little different ones. And there's Acque, which is the one that sent me to Azerbaijan in Italy. That one is specifically for people doing interfaith work or intercultural work, trying to bring people of 
different backgrounds together, especially if there's like animosity between people of different ethnicities. So it really depends on what you're looking for. There's a little bit of everything, honestly. And if you're potentially, I don't know, obsessed with, you want to learn Korean and start looking for Korean language courses. I can assure you that there's something out there where you can go to Korea and move there and learn Korean for free, or you can just go to Korea and hang out for a week or two. If you're an entrepreneur, there's one in Germany. I don't know the name, but there's one in Germany. And I think the deadline's next week where they'll send you to Germany for a week. If you're a young entrepreneur or if you have a business idea, and then you'll go back home and work on a business model together with a group of people for six months, all online. Like, honestly, the opportunities are endless. And this is something that I wish I'd known when I was in my late teens, early 20s, or even late 20s, that there are so many things that we can do where there will be people rooting for us and willing to support us, even though we're strangers to them. And, you know, this just reminds me of like my work in the grants field. There's just so many. It's mind blowing, right? Like it's literally insane. It is so insane. And it's just wonderful to hear that this translates to travel, right? So I actually... I'm going to make sure to have the links in the show notes, but I definitely recommend to following Cebu so that you can find these and know about them, you know, without having to like do all this research that could take some time. Right. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing so much of your wisdom. I am going to start looking into some of these things because Germany's on my list, Switzerland's on my list, you know, and just the impact that I can have and these experiences having on me, I'm very, very interested. So Cebu, one of the things I love, love, love about your story is that you believe travel isn't a hobby, it's a lifestyle. And you found so many different creative ways to make it happen. And I hope that this episode encourages and inspires folks to just think a little bit more outside of the box to make this lifestyle work for them. So how can people connect with you and again, just be able to be part of your experience in your world? Thank you so much for having me. I think something that I'd like to highlight is that in case you want to check it out, is that, like I said, my two biggest passions are travel and human rights. And I thought it was really important to see, to find a way to combine those two. So along with someone that I'm really, really close with, we've co-founded a company, a tour agency. It's called a Hybrid Tours. And so if you're interested in cultural immersion, in stepping out of your comfort zone, but at the same time, having a good time while traveling. So this is proper immersive travel where you're really really going to learn from locals it's not just me as a content creator as an influencer taking you around no i'll be connecting you to locals so you can hear about a place and a country directly from locals you should definitely check out the tours that we have to offer and we're expanding to new countries so you can check that out at thehybridtours.com I appreciate it. Thank you so much again for coming on. Financial Savvy Travelers, you have a lot of homework to do. There are a lot of opportunities that are open right now. So we'll definitely make sure to have some of the links in the show notes to whatever Cebu mentioned, but definitely follow her so that you can get the inside scoop. So that's all for now. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.